0: All right, we're gonna begin a new series today called Identity Theft. And I believe that your destiny begins with your identity. If you really wanna step into the future that God has for your life, you have to know who you are. And so over the next few weeks, we're gonna talk about how we claim our identity. We're gonna look at the life of Jesus, how he claimed his identity, but also live that out in his time on earth. And so today is kind of a foundational message uh, setting up the next few weeks as we begin. And so I'm gonna be in Exodus Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to read about 15 verses. Okay, 14 to be exact. Uh, it's a little bit lengthy, but it's a good word today. Can we give thanks for God's word as he gets ready to speak to us today? So good. All right, Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from a burning bush. Now Moses saw the bush was on fire, but it didn't burn up. And so Moses thought, I will go over and I will see this strange and odd and weird sight. Sorry, those are my words, not actually in the Bible. I'm confused as why the bush doesn't burn up. And when the Lord saw that he came over, God called to him from within the bush and said, Hey, Moses... Moses, sorry, I would scream, but then again, I really don't want to do that now, so. And Moses responded, here I am. He said, do not come any closer because because you are standing on holy ground, so I need you to take off your sandals. So he took off his sandals, and this is what God said to him, I am the God, your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of the people in Egypt and I have heard them crying because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land flowing with milk and honey. Let's skip down to verse nine. God said, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you, Moses, to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses responded, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out? And God said, I will be with you and this will be a sign to you that I am with you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your father has sent me to you. And they ask, what is his name? What then shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. And this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me, has sent me to you. Here's what I want to do. In our time together, We often say things like, especially in 2024, new year, new you. And that is absolutely dumb. (laughs) And the reason why you can't find the new you is because you don't know you. To get to the new you, you actually have to know you. And, And the world actually does a pretty good job of trying to tell us how we need to know ourselves. You ever notice that they're really focused on outcomes? Smarter, prettier better dressed, more relationships, greater influence, bigger platforms. The world is actually really good at making you blend in, but not actually becoming who God has called you to be. And, and I really want to shape our hearts and our lives as we step into this new season, that God is actually the only one that can tell us who we are in Him. And so, so, so this week, as we begin, uh, we have a lot to do. we got a lot of work to do, but I need you to do two things. The first one is turn to your neighbor, wherever you're watching from, if you're online or in Iron turn and say, Congratulations, everybody does. congratulations. You have perfect attendance in this new year. Yeah, yeah. All right, church, now turn to your other neighbor if you have one, or you can turn to the same one, and say, here's the title. Claim your identity. Claim your identity. Oh, that's good, claim your identity. Let's pray, church. God, we come into this place ready for you to do a powerful work. I pray now that you would speak to us in ways that only you can. And for that, we give thanks. And in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all can be seated. Here we go. So I want to give you the two most powerful words that could change your life. Two words that could change your life. If you're watching in Ironton today, turn to somebody next to you. Uh, If you're online today, I want you to put it in the chat below. Two powerful words that could change your life. But before I do that, before I do that, I want to acknowledge the elephant in the room because it's, It's 2024, and I realize that in 2024, many of us, if you are an overachiever, have actually set goals for our lives. You've got resolutions for your life. Uh, Some of you, you want to change your diet. Some of you, you want to date less people. That's a good idea. (laughs) Some of you want to get out of toxic relationships. Some of you want to have a deeper relationship with God. Some of you wanna become better communicators in your marriage and in other relationships with people. Maybe you wanna have a deeper prayer life. One of, maybe you wanna make wiser decisions. I know personally, I would like to become a better parent in 2024. And here's the reality for most of us is that we know by January 17th, or at least in the next month or two months or in the next year, we will stand in front of the mirror and say, I am A failure. That's good news, isn't it? (laughs) That's good news. And the reason why is we understand in our lives that there's a gap between what we desire and what we want to do. Because often what we do is not actually what we desire. And I believe one of the greatest reasons why we actually struggle to step into the new resolutions that we've set in our lives is because we're starting from the wrong place. See, we, we start with goals, we start with willpower, we focus on outcomes in our life instead of focusing on who we will become once we reach that goal. And I said it before and I'll say it again, but to get to the new you, you actually have to know you. And to know you actually means that you have to change the way you think about your life. Proverbs 27 says it this way, as a man thinks, so he is. Let me give you the Brad's Living Translation, the BLT. It says this, that whatever you think about yourself is exactly what you become. And so now I want to give you the the two most powerful words that could change your life. You ready for them? I am. I am. In fact, uh, some of you paid for a degree and I'm going to, I'm going to give you a formula today that those, that $120,000 in that piece of paper couldn't give you. And and here's the formula that I want to pour on your life that I plus am equals identity. I think we've got it. I plus am equals your identity. This is how you claim your identity in moments when you don't know who you are. You began to speak these words. I am blank. But can I tell you church, it, it actually goes both ways. It actually goes both ways. Because I would guess you're a lot like me. And, and it can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing, but often I speak what I'm not over my life. Anybody else do this? I'm not, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not connected enough. Like I don't have the right relationships. Often I define my life by what I'm not. You too? And and what happens in our lives is it's not just us that's speaking into our life, but we allow friends and we allow people and we allow trends to speak those same things into our life. Can I just pause and say to you, stop allowing ungodly influences to shape perspectives of your life that God never had of you. See, See, what we have to understand is the world doesn't get to shape your identity. They can't make it. They can't take it, they can't form it, they can't leave it, they can't, they can't define your life by that moment. Only God, the creator and the designer of your life has the right to give you the identity that he wants to give you, not what the world wants to give you. And so the beginning place for understanding this idea of I am can only begin with God. Your identity always has to and always begins with God first. In fact, How do I know this? How do I know these two powerful words will change your life? I know some of you are like, Pastor Brad, this this sounds like some self-help weird gospel hippie junk. (laughs) But if that's your belief, you've actually missed the whole point of the story. In fact, uh, if you go back with me to Exodus chapter three, verse one, we actually get to find, we actually get to find God using the two most powerful words over his life. In fact, I want to go back to it with you. And this is what it says in Exodus chapter three, verse 13. Moses speaks to God and he said, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me. And they ask, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said, I am who I am. This is the first introduction to the name of God in the Bible. And what I love is that the introduction to God's name comes at a moment when Moses has forgotten his. See, I actually can't uh, take the whole time to read all the chapters of of Moses' life story, so let me just give you a snapshot. He was a Jewish-born son and, and quickly was adopted as a prince in Egypt to one of the most powerful empires in the world. And one day he was looking over the kingdom that had been handed to him as a prince. And he sees, he sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew slave. And because he's Hebrew, he was angry with this action. And he went out and he actually took the man's life into his own hand. He killed him, buried him, and then fled because people witnessed it. And Pharaoh put a bounty on his head. Now watch this. Moses goes from being an Egyptian prince to to a shepherd in Midian. He goes from being a somebody to a nobody. And Moses is the one who actually wrote the first five books of the Bible, and I believe that he strategically and intentionally introduces the name of God in a moment when he has forgotten who he is. Can I tell you, church, you know it's bad in your life when you are living with your in-laws at 40 in the basement playing video games and tending sheep. And what he says in Exodus chapter three, verse 14, as he introduces God for the first time is, I am who I am. I am who I am. And there's two things I need you to understand about this name. The name I am means that God is, his nature is constant and it's unchanging. God is the alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning, he is the end. He has always been and he will always be. God is constant and his nature is unchanging. But God is also uniquely gifted to be who you need him to be in a moment when you have forgotten who you are. If I could say it like this, uh, uh, the identity that matters to me most right now in my life is that I am a father. I am a father. Uh, I want to speak to the dads in the room and I want to speak to all you future dads uh, like in 20, 30 years right now, okay? (laughs) Can I just tell you that, that being a father is the only blessing and identity that God has given you that you get to do? Like somebody else can do your job. Somebody else can do all the other things that you do, but the one thing that God has given you that you can't give up to somebody else is being the father to your kids. Notice this, you being a father is constant and it's unchanging. You will always be the father to your kids. But being a father just doesn't mean being a father. It means you have to be uniquely gifted enough to meet your kids in moments where they forget who they are. Which means I gotta be a leader, I gotta be a coach, I gotta be a teacher, I gotta be a mentor, I gotta be a counselor, I gotta be somebody who is, who is willing to wisely choose the battles that I have with my kids back and forth. We, we have to be wise about which, which ones we're gonna fight about and I'm not always good at that. But my point is this, is that, that your role as a dad, your identity as a dad is unchanging But you will always be who your kids need you to be in moments when they forget who you are. And this is what God is to us. In moments when you forget who you are because the world has told you differently, you have to look at who God is. Why? Because God is the author, the founder, and the perfecter of your identity. This is who God is. I can tell that we... Don't fully grasp the power of Jesus' name, God's name. I am who I am. Can, can, can we just take a moment and laugh at ourselves for just a few seconds? Is this okay? Okay, I'm not, I'm not feeling this. This may not go well. Let's have some fun for just a few minutes. I, I really want to talk about something that has kind of been bothering me. Maybe, maybe not bothering, okay, it's really bothering me. But, but when we come into the presence of God, I am who I am. Sometimes I think we look a little bit like Moses in verse four. This dude just strolls up in his Birkenstocks and the boxwood is ablaze. And he's like, here I am, God. And God's like, boy, you better take off those Birkenstocks because you're getting ready to get on my ground. (laughs) Now hear me, church. I'm going to say this with a smile. I am. Love coffee and church. Amen? A little bit of caffeine, a little bit of God's good stuff. I love coffee. But not at the expense of you being 25 minutes late to church. We don't have an 1130 service. We don't have a 930 service. We don't have a, five or a 6 p.m. service. Like, like, Some of us, like... Hey, I'm 25 minutes late, but, but God, I got my caramel upside down caramel macchiato and no offense to any of you drinking that today, but here I am, God, I know I'm late. Uh, I, some of us, I, just, I know God calls me by name, but so was Dunkin' Donuts on the way in. And so I just had to get nice coffee. I, I know that the line is long, but it's going to be worth it. And then we stroll in and we're like, here I am, God, I know some of you today, I will to pick on some people, like there's some great football games on today. And it's like, mm, should I go to service? Should I go to church? Or should I just watch some football? There's a lot of snow outside. It's pretty chilly. In fact, I, you cannot believe this, but I have some friends named Adam, Seth, Mike, and Chris, who all went to the Browns and Bengals game today and they skipped church. Yeah. You see, you hear that boys? And, and here's the thing, like, I, I'm just trying to have a little bit of fun with this, but, 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 but this, is not, this is not a service. Like, we don't come to a building like we actually come to encounter the presence of God in this moment because God protects, reminds, and perfects our identity in moments when we forget who we are. Church, can I tell you? I want to reshape the way we think about church. We are early people. We are early people, which means we show up on time. We are front row people, which means we sit in the front row knowing that God is God. He is worthy of our greatest praise. We are people of praise, which means we come into this place giving God thanks, acknowledging his goodness, being grateful for what he's done in our lives, but mostly because this is the God who reminds us of who we are, who helps us claim our identity in moments when we have forgotten who we are. This is what God does. In fact, the name I am in Hebrew is translated Jehovah. And that name was so sacred that God's people wouldn't even speak the name of God out of reverence because it was holy. And maybe, just maybe, God wants you to use these words, I am, because your identity is holy and sacred, but that can only come from I am. See, see, I'm not sure we still get it. So uh, let me me give it to you the way I think Moses actually wrote the Bible. Now, this isn't fact, but this is the BLT. I know some of y'all love the BLT, the Brad's Living Translation. See, I think... When, when, when he heard from God, I am who I am, I think Moses was writing the Bible with the, the 1990s music song that was the introduction to Michael Jordan entering the cork. I think he was writing this like, and now, number 777. He is the Godfather of all Godfathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He stands at heights that nobody has ever seen before. He's the one who sees, He's the one who saves, He's the one who sends. He is the great. Are we moved by the song or are we moved by the name? Come on, somebody. Yeah. Now we're getting somewhere. That's why we come into this place. Man, that song does something to me though, I've gotta tell you. <laughs> you gotta hear me this song this church, that, that God is the, the perfecter and the founder of your identity. And it only comes from him. Uh, here are a couple things I want you to see about identity today as we continue our time together. I'm going to make these quick in the interest of time. So if you're taking notes, write this first one down. The first one is this, is that identity is formed on the other side of your struggle, identity lives on the other side of your struggle. Let's go to Exodus chapter three, verse one. Watch what happens now. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness. Everybody say wilderness. Wilderness. And he came to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. Verse four, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, he called to him from a bush, Moses. And he said, here I am. Here I am. Now, Now Moses is standing before God ready to claim his identity. He's using the two most powerful words over his life. I am here. I am ready to receive God what you've got for me. And as I was reading this story, there was part of me and it's in my notes to this moment. I said, well, is Moses really ready to receive his identity? I mean, this dude didn't even know who God was when he was talking to him. He was showing up in his shoes. And and God sort of checked my heart on this. God said, but what you missed is the distance between Exodus chapter two, verse 24, and Exodus chapter three, verse one, when Moses' story continues, when I call him. And what I was missing was in Exodus chapter two, verse 23, it said over a long period of time, a long period of time, God's people cried out in misery because they needed saving it was also the same long period of time that Moses was in the wilderness for 40 years tending sheep. all understand that the wilderness is the place, as we said last week, where God feels distant, but God is actually doing some of his greatest work. Think about it like this. Moses is at a place in his life where he is unknown, He is unnamed and he is an unidentified foreigner in a foreign land. In fact, he names his son Gershom, which means I am a foreigner in a foreign land. And there's this part of me that as I read his story, I don't like this part of the story. I don't like Midian. I don't like tending sheep for 40 years. I don't like wilderness but it is in the wilderness when God feels distant that he is actually forming and building the identity that Moses needs so he can step into the calling and destiny that God has for him. Did did you see it? God actually puts him in a situation that mirrors the destiny and the opportunity that he has in front of him. For 40 years, Moses is watching sheep in the wasteland. But for 40 years, he eventually leads God's people through the wilderness so they can experience the promised land. And the only way that he can get to that place is to experience this hard season of his life where he feels like he's unknown, but God's actually building his identity on the other side. See, identity comes, it lives on the other side of your struggle. And some of you in this moment, let's just be honest, you're in Midian. Some of you are in the wilderness. Some of you also want the calling of God on your life without the character work. It's like, I really want God to use me, but I don't want to go through anything difficult in order to get to the destiny that he has. And if you really want to understand how God is going to shape you and mold you, you have to begin to to see that the wilderness and the wasteland is a season of your life that is necessary for God to do his greatest work. I hear some of you in this room, you're tired, you're exhausted, you feel unknown, you feel unidentified, you feel like a foreigner when you step into this place. Some of you right now feel like giving up on faith. And instead of leaving the faith that God has given you, I'm asking you in this season to lean into what God is about to do and believe that God is going to do the below the surface work that he needs to do to build your identity for the next season. I want you to know that you need to keep going. Don't give up. Have faith that God's doing something new. God is doing a new thing. God is doing an identity thing in your life. And God is getting ready to move you forward because you will find your identity on the other side of your struggle. Come on, church, don't give up now you're so close you're so close the other thing i need you to see is this number 2 point number 2 sorry i got to catch my breath i have been battling a little bit of sickness over the last weekend i'm trying to catch my breath point number 2 here we go when it comes to identity don't let your past hear me now don't let your past permanently damage your identity. Moses makes this odd shift. In verse four, he walks up to God like he just got done surfing a wave and he's like, here I am. And then in verse 11, he changes his language. He goes from here I am to who am I? Who am I, God, to go back to Egypt, to Pharaoh, and to free your people? Who am I? Do you notice what God is doing in his life? God is taking him back to his greatest pain point in his life so that God can show him that his identity is not permanently damaged by the most painful experience in his life. See, see, going back to Egypt isn't easy for him. When God says, hey, we're going back to Pharaoh in Egypt, I can hear Moses saying, yeah, yeah, I, I, think, I don't think I want to do that. Because I remember when I murdered that guy. God, for 40 years of my life, I've continued to relive that mistake and that pain and the life that I took for the last 40 years of my life. And there's no way that I can go back to the same people who witnessed me kill this man and then free them, free them out of the slavery that they experienced. I can't do it. But God is actually calling him back to this painful moment in his life, specifically to show him that that is not your identity anymore. What you did is not who you are. You may have been a murderer, but now you are a leader for my free people. And there's, I'm, I'm going to dig for just a second. What, what's the Egypt in your life? What, what's, what's the pain point in your life? What, what's, the, what's the thing that you don't like thinking about? When you think about it, you just kind of shut it out. What's the Egypt in your life? What, what's the past thing that you did that you believe permanently damages the identity And keeps you from the calling that God is putting on your life? Where are you allowing the past to hold power over you? Uh, The way you'll know that is if you live with a scarcity mindset. And a scarcity mindset always says, Who am I? Who am I to do this? You you use the language of Moses I'm a murderer, I'm a liar, I'm a cheater. I'm a fake, I'm an addict, I'm a divorcee, I'm a single parent with two kids. See, you're hanging on to the past and you believe that's your identity, I am. And you fill in the blank with everything that you think you are, but that's not how God sees you at all. That's not how God sees you. You can't let what you've done in your life keep you from the opportunity that God is putting in front of you. Because when you begin to experience the power of God's calling on your life, you will also say, who am I? See, you can say, who am I? Because you're constantly reminded of the past. But when you're truly called by God, you also say, who am I? Because you feel unworthy if it feels big and heavy and weighty in your life, if it feels like you're not capable of it, it's probably from God. If the enemy keeps showing up every single week to remind you of what you've done, it's probably because of where God is getting ready to take you. And your past should never damage your identity for the rest of your life because God is pouring a new identity over you. God is getting ready to call you something with purpose and passion. God is calling you to make a difference in the world around you. But that can only happen when you step into the future instead of living back in the past. See, see, this is where God's taking you. This is where it all leads. This is why identity matters. Because God wants to send you. God is sending you. Did you see in verse 14? He said, I am who I am and I am sending you to them. You tell them, I am sent me to you. God wants to send you, God wants to send you. But here's what I realized about Moses, is he actually, he actually couldn't lead. He couldn't be sent for God until he learned to stand on holy ground on holy ground. I heard it said like this, impact in the kingdom can only happen with intimacy with the king. I'm gonna phrase it this way. You can't take ground for God until you've been on holy ground with God. Why? Because holy ground is where you claim your identity. This is what God is speaking to me in this moment right now. What God was saying to me, Brad, you know why I asked him to take off his sandals? Because I'm asking him to take off everything that he once was so he can claim his identity in me. This is why we step onto holy ground. This is why we find ourselves there. Holy ground is, it's a powerful place where God gets to do some of his greatest work. The other day, uh, for 21 days in prayer and fasting, we come in every Saturday at 9 a.m. And uh, I was in that back row. Sorry, I'm not pointing to you guys, but I'm grateful that you're here today. I was in that back row. And we were one minute into our prayer time and God said, get on your knees. And the moment I got on my knees, a wave of tears began to pour over me because God was speaking truth to me on holy ground. God said, Brad, you have become ungrateful for the gifts and the blessings that I have given you. And once what was an opportunity for you has now become a chore and a have to. And I need you to get out of that. I need you to see that everything that you have before you comes from your calling. It comes from your identity and I need you to be grateful. See, see, holy ground is where God calls out your sin that needs to be forgiven. Holy ground is where God searches your heart and deals with the anxiousness that doesn't belong. Holy ground is where God speaks his greatest grace, but also his greatest truth. I believe that God's truth is his greatest grace. Holy ground is where you feel uncomfortable and yet oddly empowered. Holy ground is where God reveals his plan. Holy ground is where you get gifted. Holy ground is where you get called. Holy God, ground is where you get lifted and elevated and impassioned for what God is going to do. Holy ground is the place where you move forward in your life. Holy ground is where you claim your identity. And my goal in this message is to get a group and a body and a church of people on holy ground so they can find their identity in Christ. And so I wanna pour this statement over your life. In fact, I want you to take a picture. We'll put it on social media for you this week. But I want you to read this every single day for the next week over your life. I am because God is the great I am. My identity isn't found in the superficial self-help schemes of this world or the past hurts, sins, or mistakes of my life. I know who I am because I stand on holy ground. I am someone who intentionally seeks daily intimacy with God so I can be set apart and step into the purpose that he has for my life. Yeah. I wonder what it would look like if we would get over the stereotypes that prayer and devotion and reading God's word are just for holy people what if those are actually the things that God needs to use so you become the person that he needs you to be we say three things here we say at Be Hope you belong we believe we become you belong the moment you walk into this place You believe when you give your life to Jesus and you publicly proclaim your faith through baptism. But becoming is this moment where you intentionally place yourself on holy ground so God can strip away everything that doesn't belong in you. All of it. Because that's where God wants to do his greatest work in you and to shape your identity for the future. So, can I just give you three easy takeaways? Three easy takeaways. Maybe just come to one, if you're, a, if you're varsity, do all three, okay? I'll give you a varsity jacket too with the letter and the pen and all that cool stuff. Step number one, make your presence a priority. Make your presence a priority in church. Church is not a have to. Church is not a, a, a when I feel like it. Church isn't after the Bengals and Browns game, my good friends. This is not a building this is not a service this is where you come to encounter the presence of God who is the perfecter and the reminder of your identity in moments when you forget who you are that's why we show up every single week step number two what would it look like for you to give God the first five minutes of your day before you picked up your phone before you went to the bathroom before you brushed your teeth before you got all your kids, what would it look like to give God the first five of your day? Listening, giving thanks, maybe even just reading God's word. Some of you are like, I don't know how to hear from God. Did you know that God's silence is actually a way for you to experience His peace because you're so used to the noise? You could sit in silence for five minutes. Third one is this, have a plan for reading God's word. You know why most people don't read God's word? It's not that they don't want to, it's just they just don't have a plan. They don't know where to start. The good news is you all have cell phones and there's a Bible app. And I would just suggest to you, pick the thing you're struggling with. I struggle with anger. I mean, I really don't, but that was just, just an example. <laughs> Choose anger. Put it in the Bible app, search it. Go to plans and search it. You'll have 5,000 plans on how to deal with anger. But guess what, it will get you in God's word and help you become the kind of person that God needs you to become in this next year. Have a plan for reading God's word. And if none of those work for you, good news. I have intentionally set the last few minutes of this service aside so you could stand on holy ground with God and step in to the identity that he puts on you, not what the world puts on you. So here's what we're going to do. In the new year, it is always my, my gift and my honor and joy to anoint you as we step into this new season. And so we'll come down, we'll put some oil on your head. Uh, oil is not this weird, odd thing. We're not pulling out snakes or anything like that. Like, we, we believe that oil is a sign of God's empowerment in your life. It's a sign of God's calling in your life. When I came to Be Hope, uh, they dumped an entire gallon of olive oil on my head as a sign of being empowered to be the pastor of Be Hope. We will not do that to you. We'll put a little cross, but just as you come forward today, use the words of Moses. You can say, who am I? Or you can say, here I am. But either way, as you come forward and we pray for you, just know that God, God is ready to help you claim your identity. Pastors, would you come forward? Church, would you stand with me in this moment? God, we are so grateful for the work that you have done today. And now I place your people in your hands so that you can do the work you need to do in them. And I pray today for those who are ready to give up, those who believe that they are stuck in their past. My prayer today is that they would know who they are in you. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.